Fanatics Football, the football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate and Mete. What's up, guys? So, how's it going? All right. In today's episode, we're going to recap all of the games from week two. Uh, we'll just talk about some of the stats and some of the teams. Then we'll move into our weekly pickups for fantasy football. And then we'll take a look at the fantasy preview and I guess just picks for all the games in week three. So let's just get right into it. Start with the Thursday night game from week two. It was the Washington football team beating the New York Giants by one point, 30 to 29 is pretty nail biter of a game. Um, I guess uh, just looking at some of the stats, we'll start with Washington. Um, Taylor Heineke, really solid, um, 336 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Antonio Gibson, 13 carries for 69 yards, and J.D. McKissick had four carries for 10 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, Terry McLaurin, big game, 11 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. J.D. McKissick, five catches, 83 yards. And Logan Thomas, five catches for 45 yards, with Adam Humphreys adding seven catches for 44 yards. Ricky Seals-Jones, his only catch, finds the end zone for a touchdown, and it was for 19 yards. So um, I guess, Mete, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think about Washington in this game? Yeah, I thought they were uh, – they played a pretty solid game. Heineke was really good. Uh, Gibson was decent. McLaurin had an amazing game, McKissick as well, but I'm not going to lie. I feel like they got kind of lucky here. Uh, this drop by Darius Slayton in the fourth quarter and then the uh, offsides on the missed field goal, allowing them to allowing them to re-kick and win the game. Yeah, I thought they were kind of lucky, but uh, they got the job done, so... Yeah, I mean, you do what you got to do to get the win, and they did just that. And I guess just getting to the Giants, they had a pretty good game as well. Daniel Jones, 249 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He also had, had nine carries for 95 yards on the ground and a touchdown, so a really solid uh, game for him. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries for 57 yards on the ground. And then moving to receiving, Sterling Shepard, nine catches, 94 yards and a touch, and no touchdown, but Darius Slayton had the touchdown on his three catches for 54 yards. Uh, Kenny Galladay adding three catches for 38 yards as well. And yeah, Nate, just getting to you, uh, this Giants team was so close to getting the win, but it just kind of slipped out of their hands. Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. Um, I think they did pretty well considering how good um, Washington's defense is, so... Um, I guess it's a little bit disappointing, but I wouldn't say it's like a bad loss specifically. Yeah, they've, I mean, it's been really tough for them. They started 0-2 at least like what, the last five seasons. So uh, they just really can't get off the ground really well to start each season. So hopefully they will be able to turn it around next week against Atlanta. But let's just move to the next game. Uh, the other New York team was playing the New York Jets, but they got beat by the New England Patriots 25-6. to Um I'm just really happy the Patriots got their first win of the season after losing a nail biter last week to Miami. Um, Mac Jones played really well. Uh, he didn't have to do much though. Only 186 passing yards for him. 
Um, on the ground, Damian Harris, 16 carries, 62 yards and a touchdown. James White, five carries for 20 yards and a touchdown. And then through the air, James White, six catches for 45 yards. Hunter Henry adding two catches for 42 yards. And both Jacoby Myers and Jonu Smith had four catches. Myers had 38 yards and Jonu Smith had 28. But um, Nate, just getting to you, I guess, what are your what's your opinion on the Patriots in this game? Um, I think they played pretty well. They did what they had to do. I feel like um, this was more of like a low scoring game. So I feel like you got to give credit to their defense as well. Yeah, um, their defense just played really solid. Uh, four interceptions off of Zach Wilson. Um, I guess, uh, Matty, I'll just get to you on the Jets. Uh, once again, I'm not getting uh, the passing totals. I guess just give me Zach Wilson's passing totals. Yeah, he went 19 uh, for 33, 210 yards, four interceptions, no touchdowns. So like you said, four interceptions, that's not going to cut it, uh, especially against a good defense. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about Wilson. He had a really rough game. If he didn't have all these interceptions, they probably could have maybe even won this game. Um, their defense did a solid job holding the Patriots to only 25 points, but the turnovers really killed them there. Yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying here. I know the Patriots don't normally win by large scores. Uh, this was a pretty large separation of score, but uh, yeah, there wasn't really much on the ground either. Uh, Michael Carter, 11 carries for 59 yards. Ty Johnson, 12 carries for 50. And then I guess in terms of receiving, Braxton Berrios was the main guy with seven catches for 73 yards. Elijah Moore had four catches for 47 yards. And then there really wasn't much else from any anyone in this offense. And uh, yeah, uh, it's a great win for the Patriots to sort of get back on their feet. And I guess the Jets have a lot of work to do, I guess, just moving forward with their team. Um, but I guess just moving on to the next game, it was the Denver Broncos uh, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars by a score of 23 to 13. Um, just getting to uh, Denver's uh, stats here, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 328 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Um, Javante Williams, 13 carries for 64 yards. Melvin Gordon also with 13 carries for only 31 yards. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, Cortland Sutton, nine catches for 159 yards. Uh, he had an amazing game. Melvin Gordon, two catches, went for 38 yards. And then two touchdown scores here. Tim Patrick, three catches, 37 yards and a touchdown. And then Noah Fant, four catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. Um, I guess, Mete, getting to you about this Broncos team, they've looked really solid to start this season. Yeah, definitely they have. But I'm going to kind of discredit them a bit. They played the Jaguars and the Giants so far. So uh, it's two easy matchups. But, I mean, it's not their fault. They play who's... Uh, who they're scheduled to play against. And like you said, they've looked really good. Uh, I like how the offense is looking with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, just looks very smooth and way better than how they looked with Drew Locke. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they have the New York Jets next week. So there's another matchup that's really favorable for them. This team could get off to a really hot start and potentially uh, get into the playoffs this year. I guess just getting to the Jaguars now, Trevor Lawrence, 118 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, on the ground, James Robinson, 11 carries for 47 yards. Trevor Lawrence also carried twice for 21 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Marvin Jones, six catches, 55 yards and a touchdown. 
Um, James O'Shaughnessy, one catch for 24 yards. And then James Robinson, three catches for 17 yards. But there really wasn't much. Uh, this team really just could not get off the ground against this Denver defense. I guess, Nate, getting to you, uh, what do you think about the Jaguars so far this season? Um, it's been a pretty rough start. They haven't um, been able to, I guess, uh, play how um, maybe they could have played. I mean, this is a pretty new offense, so that's something to keep in mind as well. But um, Denver also has a really good defense, and I guess Trevor Lawrence is still kind of shaking. Oh, he's still trying to adjust to the NFL, so that could be a factor as well. Yeah, um, they look pretty much uh, similar to the team that was playing last year where they just they only won one game. And uh, yeah, they're already 0-2. They're already in a hole early, so they really got to sort of dig their way out. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence can just, I guess, keep looking better every game and, and hopefully get a win soon. But uh, we'll move to the next game. Yeah, this was a rough game to watch. Uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, 35, the Miami Dolphins, 0. Obviously, uh, we all know about the Tua Tagovailoa injury for the Dolphins, which is pretty rough. Uh, but we'll start with the Bills stats here. Josh Allen, 179 passing yards and two passing touchdowns with one interception. Um, on the ground, he also had five carries for 35 yards. Devin Singletary rushed 13 times for 82 yards and a touchdown. So great game for him. Zach Moss in his return, eight carries, 26 yards and two touchdowns. So he really, um, I guess his presence was felt in this game. Uh, Stefan Diggs, four catches, 60 yards and a touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders, two catches for 48 yards. Cole Beasley, four catches for 36 yards. And Dawson Knox, two catches, 17 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Nate, getting to you on Buffalo. Um, aside from the Tua injury, I mean, this team looked good in this game. Yeah, they looked good on both offense um, and defense. I noticed that in the second quarter, they weren't really able to um, score but they more than made up for it in all the other quarters yeah probably just because the game you know it, it was pretty much out of reach they they kind of just they they didn't need to, to push the gas too much I think uh, they should be fine going forward um, yeah Jacoby Brissett comes into the game to play quarterback for the Dolphins he throws for 169 yards and in an interception um, Miles Gaskin had five carries for 25 yards so not much there Malcolm Brown five carries for 21 yards really nothing on the ground here um, through the air. Jalen Waddle, six catches, 48 yards, Devonte Parker, five catches for 42 yards and Mike Kosicki had three catches for 41 yards, but really nothing else here. Uh, obviously they got shut out. Mete, there's not really much more to say, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say that I feel like Brissett was just thrown into a horrible situation where they're trailing by so much already that, they couldn't even run the ball, so they had to throw 40 times with him. And honestly, thought he didn't look too bad. It's just when they got uh, near midfield or past it, they the offense stalled out and they weren't able to get into field goal range or anything. And when they were, it was just too late, so they just went for it. And, yeah, uh, rough game for the Dolphins. Yeah, um, hopefully um, when Brissett starts next game, which is it's looking like that's going to be the case, um, it'll just be more relaxed. The offense can sort of plan it out better, and hopefully you should have a better game. But let's just move to the next game. San Francisco 49ers beating the Philadelphia Eagles 17-11. 
uh, 49er stats, Jimmy Garoppolo, 189 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Um, he also had 11 carries in this game, which is not normal for Garoppolo. He added 20 yards and a rushing touchdown, so good game for him. Uh, Eli Mitchell, um, 17 carries for 42 yards. Jermichael Hasty, five carries for 38 yards. Um, and then in terms of receiving, Debo Samuel, six catches, 93 yards. Uh, he's had a great year so far. Um, Jamichael Hasty, four catches, 21 yards. And George Kittle, four catches for 17 yards. Uh, Jawan Jennings adding two catches for 17 yards and a touchdown. Um, Matty, I'll get to you on the 49ers, actually. Um, th- this game, I mean, it was close. Um, but yeah, they're they're 2-0 and to start the season. What do you think about this team? Yeah, I think that they're looking great. Uh, really good defensive performance from them this game. Um, I still would like to see uh, Trey Lance start over Garoppolo, uh, even though they're 2-0. and It's just something about Garoppolo I'm not the biggest fan of. I think he's a good game manager, but he's nothing more than that. And so, yeah, I feel like with Trey Lance, the offense could uh, just have a higher potential and play so much better. Yeah, I agree with all your points. I just don't see them moving on from Garoppolo the way he's been playing lately, especially with his work on the ground. Definitely something that Trey Lance does as well. So, I mean, if they're getting it from Garoppolo, uh, they're going to leave him in uh, unless there's an injury or something for sure. Um, Just getting to the Eagles now. Yeah, you talked about the 49ers defense. Jalen Hurts, 12 for 23 in terms of pass attempts, uh, only 190 passing yards. Uh, He did get a rushing touchdown uh, and 82 yards on 10 carries. Miles Sanders had 13 carries for 55 yards. Uh, Quez Watkins had a big game, two catches for 117 yards. I think one was like a 90-yard grab or something crazy like that. Um, Dallas Goddard, two catches for 24 yards. And then there really wasn't much else. The defense pretty much held um, this Eagles team in check. But uh, Nate, just getting to you, um, I guess, what are the Eagles looking like so far? Um. I guess uh, they're looking okay. I mean, San Francisco defense is another uh, really tough defense to play against. So um, can't really be too hard on Jalen Hurts. But on the other hand, um, I guess even though they're still developing, you want to still, um, I guess, keep competitive with these kind of teams. And I think they did a pretty good job of that. Um, the difference was only like about a score. So again, it's not too bad of a job. Yeah, like you said, they kept it within a score. Um, you know, the game was close. Uh, that's what you want. Um, I think this Eagles team has looked like one of the better teams in their division. We'll have to see, of course, this coming week when they start playing divisional games, how they look. But yeah, like you said, they haven't looked too bad to start the season so far. But uh, let's move to the next game here. The LA Rams going into Indianapolis, defeating the Colts 27-24. to Uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, 278 passing yards and two touchdowns, one interception. Um, Daryl Henderson, uh, 13 carries on the ground, 53 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Sony Michelle added 10 carries for 46 yards. And then in terms of receiving Cooper Cup, uh, this guy has just been amazing. First two weeks of the season, nine catches, 163 yards and two touchdowns. Robert Woods adding five catches for 64 yards. Daryl Henderson adding three catches for 29 yards. But um, yeah, I guess I'll just get to you, Nate, on the Rams. Uh, This team's off to a really hot start. 
Yeah, I mean, on paper, this team is a really deep playoff team, and it looks like they're they're playing like that. I mean, the Colts on paper are also really good as well, but um, they were able to um, get the win, which is really good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the Colts being a good team as well. They haven't started out well. 0-2, can't blame them. They played two uh, tough games early on. Um Carson Wentz played well, though, 247 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He did have an interception. Um, I think it was sort of on a shovel pass. It was, it was sort of a play that, that didn't go right, I think, and then he threw that. But um, other than that, he played really well, uh, adding five carries on the ground for 37 yards. Also, Jonathan Taylor, 15 carries on the ground for 51 yards, and then through the air. Michael Pittman, um, eight catches, 123 yards, really solid. Uh, Jack Doyle, five catches for 64 yards. Zach Pascal, five catches, 38 yards and a touchdown. And then not too much from the rest of this team. Mete, just getting to you on the Colts. Um, yeah, they started 0-2. Um, I guess if Wentz plays the next game, uh, do you see them having a shot of getting a win? Um. Were they playing against? <laughs> I think they're playing. I think they're playing the Titans. Okay, so, oh, that's a good question. Um, Titans, they did have a rough week one, but they had a pretty nice rebound week two. Oh, that's a close one. Um, I might have to go with the Titans honestly, but they definitely have a chance to win that game for sure. Um, speaking of this, uh, Rams and Colts game. I feel like the turning point was when Wentz wasn't able to come out for the final or second final drive where Eason just comes into the game and first throw of the game, he turns it over. There was an interception to Ramsey and yeah, it was pretty much it at that point. They definitely had a chance to win this game, but it was unfortunate how it went down at the end for them. Yeah, like just seeing that um that drive beforehand, like how Pittman and and um the tight end Jack Doyle, they were just making insane catches. Yeah, Wentz definitely could have taken this team down the field again, potentially either tied the game or gotten a touchdown to win. But then yeah, like you mentioned, Jacob Eason, uh, it was a tough read for him. I definitely wouldn't have been throwing to Jalen Ramsey if I couldn't help it. But yeah. A tough loss for them. They definitely are a solid team. Uh, the Colts have just been pretty banged up to start this season. Um, once they get healthier, they should definitely start winning games, in my opinion. Um, just getting to another team that was banged up this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost to the Las Vegas Raiders 26-17. to A lot of players out for this game for Pittsburgh. Um, they just really didn't have a chance uh, to win this game, in my opinion. I'll look at the stats for the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr, insane game, 382 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Um, And then Peyton Barber, 13 carries on the ground for 32 yards. And then through the air, uh, Henry Ruggs, five catches, 113 yards and a touchdown. Darren Waller, five catches for 65 yards. Hunter Renfro, five catches, 57 yards. Kenyon Drake also had five catches for 46 yards. And then Foster Morrow had uh, two catches for 34 yards and a touchdown. Mete, I'll get to you on this Raiders team. 2-0 and to start the year. This is a big surprise for this team. Yeah, definitely big surprise, especially if you're considering their competition. They beat the Ravens week one and now the Steelers week two. So they're beating good teams. And what I was saying before the season started was that I th- always thought Raiders had a good offense. I wasn't just, 
I just wasn't really confident in their defense. And so for them to play like this, uh, their defensive line has looked amazing, especially uh, Max Crosby. So, yeah, they look pretty legit this year. I think they could make the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. That whole division looks pretty solid, to be honest. Um, but just getting to Pittsburgh now, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 295 yards and a passing touchdown, also one interception. Um, on the ground, Najee Harris had 10 carries for 38 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster had a carry for three yards that was for a touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Deontay Johnson, nine catches and 105 receiving yards. Uh, Chase Claypool, three catches for 70 yards. Najee Harris, five catches, 43 yards and a touchdown. And then Juju adding six catches for 41 yards. Um, Nate, this Steelers team was banged up, I guess. Um, what do you think of them uh, if they get healthy? Do you think they're a good team or, or do you think this game is a sign of things to come? Um, I wouldn't say this is a sign of things to come just yet, considering um, the Raiders, um, I think, are very underrated. I mean, they did also beat Baltimore, so there's that to consider as well. But um, I guess the Steelers would be better if they were fully healthy, but um, I feel like... Um, this isn't really like the same Steelers team from a few uh, years ago. So they, I guess they might not be able to play to their full potential, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Not just a few years ago, even last season, they started off really hot 11 wins and then it just kind of fell off a cliff for them. So definitely we have to see, you know, TJ Watts got to be healthy. Um, a lot of the other players that were out for the, uh, this game, um, they definitely need to come in and, and sort of play a big role for them. I think Devin Bush didn't play as well. Um, Joe Hayden also. So a lot of their starters on defense didn't play. And then Derek Carr sort of picked apart uh, this defense. So, yeah, hopefully they can come back a lot stronger for next game. But um, let's just move on to the next game. Chicago Bears being the Cincinnati Bengals, 20-17. to 17. Um, Andy Dalton getting hurt. He started off uh, with 56 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Justin Fields comes in. Uh, he throws for 60 yards and an interception, so not the way he wants to start out. Hopefully, he can have a better game. Um, on the ground, he wasn't too bad. 10 carries for 31 rushing yards. Uh, David Montgomery, 20 carries for 61 rushing yards. And then in terms of receiving, Darnell Mooney, 6 catches, 66 yards. Allen Robinson, 2 catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. And David Montgomery, 3 catches for 18 yards. And um, Nate, just getting to you on the Bears uh, they really needed this win and they got it. Uh, what do you think about this team going forward with Justin Fields? Um, I guess I'm hoping that um, uh, Justin Fields will be able to, um, I guess, live up to his potential as um, a really good rookie. But I guess um, we've seen, like, for example, with like Trevor Lawrence, even with um, Zach Wilson, it may or may not happen. Obviously, with uh, Mac Jones, he's been doing pretty well, but um, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, for sure. We definitely have to see. Um, I think he might be more comfortable. I know Mete was saying quarterbacks getting thrown in isn't always the best thing. If you have a week to prepare him as a starter, I feel like he will come out a lot better uh, for next game. And then we'll just get to the Bengals now. Joe Burrow, 207 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and three interceptions. Those three interceptions, I saw them. They really didn't look great. Uh, he just wasn't seeing the field as well this week as, as he was last week. Um, in terms of rushing, Joe Mixon, 20 carries, 69 yards on the ground. Receiving Tyler Boyd, seven catches, 73 
receiving yards. T. Higgins, six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. And Jamar Chase, two catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Mette, I'll get to you on the Bengals. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, uh, this is kind of like a fallback to reality for them. They had a amazing win week one against the Vikings. And then they actually get really close to winning here at the end. They were down 20 to three, I feel like with like five minutes to go, they got two quick scores and yeah, they fall uh, three points short, but uh, I think they're a young team. And like I said, it's a fallback to reality. I think they'll have a rough season, but uh, they're definitely better than what everyone thought they would be. So I think they could be competitive in a lot of games. Yeah, they're definitely better than they were last year. The only problem is their division is very tough. I still see the other three teams in the division being higher than them, the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens. So definitely going to be tough for them to make any moves in that division. But uh, let's get to the next game. Speaking of the Browns, um, they got a good win, 31-21 against the Houston Texans. Baker Mayfield, 213 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He also throws a pick. Uh, on the ground, Nick Chubb, 11 carries, 95 yards and a touchdown. He's so efficient with his carries. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 13 carries for 51 yards. And then both Baker Mayfield and Andy Janovich get rushing touchdowns. So a solid game on the ground for the Browns. Uh, in terms of receiving, um, Demetric uh, Felton, two catches, 51 yards and a touchdown. So big game for him. Uh, Harrison Bryant, four catches, 49 yards. Austin Hooper, five catches and 40 yards. And then obviously Jarvis Landry, only one catch for nine yards as he goes down with an injury. Uh, Nate, I'll just get to you on your team, uh, the Browns. I guess, what are your thoughts about them for this game? Um, They looked pretty good, but I mean, considering, I feel like the Texans were kind of underrated this year as well. So, but even with that, I would still have, um, liked the Browns to do, I guess, maybe just a little bit better, even though I'd say this was a really successful game. Yeah, considering how well Tyrod Taylor was playing before he went down, uh, he went 10 for 11 complete uh, in terms of completions, 125 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He was playing out of his mind. He got hurt. Davis Mills comes in, the rookie. He only goes 8 for 18, 102 yards. Uh, he does throw one touchdown, but also has an interception. Um, on the ground, Mark Ingram, 14 carries, 41 yards. Um, David Johnson, six carries for 25 yards. And Tyrod Taylor also adds a rushing touchdown on his 15-yard carry. So, yeah, like I mentioned, Tyrod Taylor basically forced two touchdowns all by himself. Um, this game was as close as it would get. And then Davis Mills comes in, and then the game just sort of runs away from them. Brandon Cooks, uh, nine catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Andre Roberts, one catch, 35 yards. Nico Collins, one catch for 32 yards. And George, and uh, Philip Lindsay, sorry, uh, one catch, 22 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Texans. Uh, do they have any chance moving forward with Davis Mills as their starting quarterback? Uh, I don't think so, unless they're, they have a um, good matchup. But, yeah, he didn't look the greatest, but... Like I said, he was thrown into a bad situation, so maybe we give him a second chance. And he's starting tomorrow, I think, against the Carolina Panthers. So, yeah, we can see how he does in a full game. And, Nate, I don't want to be that guy, but 
I think if Tyrod Taylor stayed in this game, the Texans honestly might have won this game. They were looking really good with him. Yeah, I mean, that's probably just an opportunity for Cleveland to sort of, you know, not feel too good about this game. They can't, uh, they, they could use that as some sort of motivation to get better. I think that's definitely something they got to think about. I guess speaking of the Carolina Panthers, they got a big win over the New Orleans Saints, 26-7. to 7. I know the Saints, uh, they had some coaches missing in this game, uh, COVID protocols, and I guess the Panthers took advantage of it. Um, just sort of looking at the stats here, uh, Sam Darnold, 305 passing yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He played pretty solid in this game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey on the ground, 24 carries, 72 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, DJ Moore, eight catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. McCaffrey added five catches for 65 yards. Dan Arnold, three catches, 55 yards. And Brandon uh, Zilstra, I think you say his name, uh, three catches for uh, 44 yards and a touchdown. Robbie Anderson adding three catches for 38 yards as well. Um, might as well just get to you on this, Mete. Carolina Panthers, they started 2-0. and uh, What do you think of this team so far? Uh, yeah, a good start from them. They do beat the Jets week one and then Saints week two, which is a good team. But like you said, they were missing a lot of coaches. And honestly, I completely forgot about that. So, yeah, they just uh, took advantage of the situation. And, yeah, great win for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess just moving to the Saints now, Jameis Winston comes back to earth. Uh, his usual self, 111 passing yards and two interceptions. Maybe that eye surgery didn't really help him out, but uh, yeah, he's got to be a little less reckless. Um, on the ground, though, he did add a rushing touchdown on three carries for 19 yards. Really not much else in terms of rushing because Kamara only had five rushing yards on eight carries. Uh, and, and yeah, in terms of receiving, only four catches for Kamara for 25 yards. Uh, it was just really tough overall. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey uh, one. Uh, catch for 27 yards and then I guess most of the rest of this team they just had one catch each Chris Hogan Juwan Johnson Deontay Harris like just really wasn't a good game for the Saints offense uh, Nate just getting to you I guess what can this offense I guess do moving forward to sort of play better it's kind of hard to say because there was the factor of not really having a proper coaching staff um during the game um I guess one thing to start would uh, be having a better completion rate. Don't throw uh, too many interceptions. Other than that, it's kind of um, hard to see overall because um, Carolina more or less uh, shut down their entire offense. So it's not like there was uh, any like one thing that was lacking. And I guess the lack of the co coaching staff kind of hurt them a little bit too. Yeah, there was that one pass to Deontay Harris where he just kind of chucked it up in the air, almost like trying to throw it as far as he could, and he didn't really estimate the yardage, and he threw it really short, and it was a pretty easy interception for the Panthers. So I guess Winston has to just keep an eye that he doesn't do that too much. Um, getting to a high-scoring game here, the Cardinals being the Vikings 34-33. to They win because the Vikings miss a field goal in the last minute of the game. It's a crazy ending to this game. Uh, let's just get to the stats for the Cardinals first. Kyler Murray, 400 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. He's been playing out of his mind this season. 
Chase Edmonds, eight carries, 46 rushing yards. Kyler Murray adding five carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then Rondell Moore, in terms of receiving, he had seven catches, 114 yards and a touchdown. Max Williams, seven catches, 94 yards. Christian Kirk, three catches for 65 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, four catches, 54 yards and a touchdown. And then AJ Green, three catches for 44 yards. Also a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, let me get to you on this Cardinals team. 2-0, and uh, they win this close game. What do you think about this team? This team is looking really solid. Um, the Vikings, they're a really good team as well. Um, unfortunately, they've um, been having um, really close losses, and this is another uh, really close loss. But, um, yeah, Kyler Murray, um, he's really good at generating um, offense and his ability to run and to pass is like opening everybody up on the team. So um, it's really hard to uh, stop a team like Arizona when they can kind of just generate offense whenever they want. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned this Vikings team. Yeah, they're a good team, but they started 0-2, losing two tight games. Uh, looking at their passing, Kirk Cousins, uh, 244 yards through the air, and three passing touchdowns. He actually played really solid. Uh, in this game, uh, Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 131 rushing yards, so a good game for him. And then in terms of receiving, K.J. Osborne, five catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, six catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Adam Thielen, six catches, 39 yards and a touchdown. And Dalvin Cook getting two catches for 70, 17 yards. Mete, getting to you on this Vikings team, two close losses, I guess. Just what do you think about this team? Yeah, two heartbreaking losses for sure. Uh, I think they're solid. It's just they're losing uh, at the last second. So they're definitely in games. They can win them. And they just got to tighten up on defense. Uh, Cousins has looked good. Cook just had a great game, but he gets hurt at the end. So we'll have to see if he's uh, going to play next week. And hopefully he will. It's a great running back, one of the best in the league. And, yeah, to recap or re-answer your question, yeah, I think they're a solid team. They're just getting unlucky at the end of games right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. This Vikings team did look good. I think Dalvin Cook should be okay for next game because he did come back in this game after he got injured. He re-entered and he continued to play. So, yeah, uh, hopefully he is ready to go for next game. All right, getting to the next game, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a big win, 48-25 to over the Atlanta Falcons. Tom Brady, 276 passing yards and five passing touchdowns, big game. Uh, in terms of rushing, Leonard Fournette, 11 carries, 52 yards. Ronald Jones, six carries for 27 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Mike Evans, five catches, 75 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, four catches, 39 yards and two touchdowns. And Chris Godwin, four catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. With Leonard Fournette also adding four catches for 24 yards. Uh, Mete, getting to you on this Tampa Bay team, I mean, they're pretty much putting big numbers against every defense. Yeah, they definitely are. And I mean, it totally makes sense as they have so many weapons. And I'm going to say that Gronkowski and Brady, they're looking like their old selves in uh, New England. This is now the second straight week where Rob Gronkowski scores two touchdowns. So, yeah, it looks like they're back uh, playing in Foxborough at this point. 
Yeah, looking really solid. Gronk leads the league in receiving touchdowns so far to start the season. Uh, if you drafted him anywhere outside the 10th round, you are doing great for yourself in terms of a sleeper tight end. He looked really solid in this game. Uh, let's get to the Falcons now. A uh, rough game. Matt Ryan still played decent. He did throw for 300 yards, but he did throw only two touchdowns and three interceptions, which uh, isn't the best when you're turning the ball over more than you're scoring. Uh, but then getting to the rush game, Mike Davis, nine carries, 38 yards. Cordell Patterson, seven carries for 11 yards, but he did get that rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Kyle Pitts, five catches, 73 yards. Calvin Ridley, uh, seven catches, 63 yards and a touchdown. And then Cordell Patterson, five catches, 58 yards and a touchdown with Russell Gage having five catches for 28 yards and Mike Davis, seven catches for 25 yards. Uh, Nate, getting to you on the Falcons, uh, rough start to the year. What do you think about this team? Yeah, so I guess this team um, can be summarized as having a pretty solid offense, but um, their defense is something that I think they will need to um, improve on over the year and uh, possibly next season as well. Um, I mean, even um, in terms of offense, I think in the first and fourth quarter, they weren't really able to put anything on the board. And on the fourth uh, quarter, they weren't, I think uh, Tampa Bay ended up scoring 20 on them. So yeah, they weren't able to stop Tampa Bay um, or even slow them down, which is uh, not a really good sign for Atlanta, I think. Yeah, two of those touchdowns late were defensive touchdowns for the Bucs. So that really was not good on Atlanta's part. Um, yeah, when your quarterback's throwing multiple pick sixes, it, it doesn't help. But uh, yeah, hopefully Atlanta will find a way to bounce back. I believe they have the Giants next week, so there might be a chance there. Um, getting to the next game, really a close game here. This one went to overtime, actually. The Titans beating the Seattle Seahawks 33-30. to uh, Seahawks were up big in this game. Titans come back. Uh, just looking at the stats, Ryan Tannehill, 347 passing yards for him. Uh, and then on the ground, he added 27 rush yards on four attempts. Derrick Henry, monster game on the ground, 35 carries, 182 rush yards, and three rushing touchdowns. These are like some of the performances he had last year. He keeps going even this season. He also led them in reception, six catches for 55 yards through the air for Henry. Julio Jones also adding six catches, 128 yards for him, his touchdown um, was taken off the board, but he still had a really solid day. Um, Michael Pruitt, uh, three catches, 43 yards. A.J. Brown, three catches, also for 43 yards. And Jeremy McNichols adding three catches for 26 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Titans. Uh, big come-from-behind win for this team. Yeah, it's uh, really impressive that they were able to take the Seahawks to overtime, and they were able to, um, I guess, clutch out a win with a field goal. And I guess this is going to be uh, more, even more of uh, last year where we keep saying, if you can stop Derrick Henry, you have a chance. But how do you stop Derrick Henry? And um, this game was no, no exception. Um, Derrick Henry played um, really, really well, looking like one of the best running backs in the league again. And uh, now there's a lot of, um, there's even more talent on the receiving end as well. So um, even if they manage to somehow slow um, Derrick Henry down, there's still a chance that they're still in, in the game. So 
I feel like uh, the Titans, they're not a, a one-dimensional team anymore. Yeah, but they're really going to have to put up a lot of points every week. Their defense is giving up over 30 points per game. So uh, you saw in this game, they had to outscore uh, what their defense gave up, which isn't good. So the defense is definitely going to have to improve. But let's get to the Seahawks now. Russell Wilson, solid game from him. 343 pass yards and two passing touchdowns. Um, he also had 16 yards on the ground as well. Uh, Chris Carson rushing 13 times for 31 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So good game for him. Then getting to the receiving, Tyler Lockett, another big game. Eight catches, 178 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Freddie Swain, five catches, 95 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, six catches for 53 yards. And Travis Homer, two catches for 14 yards. I mean, Mete, this Seahawks team played well for like two or three quarters. And then uh, it was pretty much the Derrick Henry show after that. Yeah, they played well for two quarters. And then after halftime, it's just a completely different story as they get outscored 24 to six. And so I feel like they had this game and they just let it slip away from them. Uh, Chris Carson needs to do a better job running. He only averaged 2.4 yards a carry. And yeah, I feel like, like you said, their defense is not the greatest. They're giving up a lot of points. So if they're not putting up uh, 20 plus points, they don't really have a chance, in my opinion, to win games. Yeah, you can probably see that about both of these teams, although Seattle was better last week. But um, yeah, both teams are one and one to start the season. I guess we'll see which direction these two teams are headed, I, I guess, just going forward. Um, just moving on to the next game, uh, Dallas Cowboys beating the LA Chargers 20 to 17. Uh, close game, close win for the Cowboys. Uh, just looking at the stack, the stats, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, 237 passing yards, and he did throw an interception in this game. Um, in terms of rushing, Tony Pollard, 13 carries, 109 yards and a rushing touchdown. Big day for him. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 16 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown, so not too shabby from him. Uh, then getting to receiving, C.D. Lamb, eight catches for 81 yards. He led this team. Uh, and then uh, Blake Jarwin, three catches, 37 yards. Tony Pollard also adding three catches for 31 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, two catches, 26 yards. And Amari Cooper, three catches, but only 24 yards. Ahmed, I'll get to you on your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it was good that they got the win this week. I guess just what do you think of this team? Yeah, I'm actually really happy with this game. And I'm my confidence is growing every week with this team as, for one, the defense is starting to play much better. Even though they are giving up a lot of yards, they're making big plays at right time. So that's great. And then, yeah, like I said, I'm really happy because last week we throw around like 58 times with Dak. This week we only throw 27. So we're showing versatility. We can do it through the air, through the ground. And uh, especially with Tony Pollard, uh, Back in the days, Dallas would just force feed Zeke, even if he's getting like two, three yards of carry. But now that they, uh, we have Pollard, it's if Zeke isn't getting the job done, we just throw Pollard in there. And yeah, this guy's got skills as I feel like Zeke is on the hot seat now with him having a huge contract. I feel like if he has a bad year, he could get traded to free up a lot of cap space for the Cowboys. But that's uh, really far down in the future. So for now, great team win. And yeah, I'm getting really confident with this group.
Yeah, both running backs are young. I don't think there's any reason to panic. I think both of them can play really well on this team. Uh, just uh, getting to the Chargers now, uh, Justin Herbert threw for 338 passing yards, one passing touchdown, two interceptions. Um, and then in terms of rushing, Austin Eckler, nine carries for 54 yards. And then Justin Jackson adding four carries, 421 yards. Uh, and then moving to receiving, Keenan Allen, four catches and 108 receiving yards. Uh, Mike Williams, seven catches, 91 yards and a touchdown. Austin Eckler adding nine catches for 61 yards. And then Jared Cook adding three catches for 28 yards. Um, Nate, just getting to you on this Chargers team. Uh, they're one and one now. What do you think about this uh, team? Um, I think this team is um, seems pretty good. Um, Justin Herbert, uh, he played really well. I think Austin Eckler, um, he could have um, done a little bit uh, better. And I think, I guess, like overall, this is a team that they're playing like pretty well, but there's still like some room from improvement, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think they've been underwhelming in terms of how much they can score. I know that uh, they've they've sort of been in that range around 20 points, uh, give or take a little bit more, a little bit less. Uh, they definitely need to increase their scoring if they want to beat some of these better teams, especially with teams like the Raiders and the Chiefs in their division going um, well over 25 points a game. So uh, that's definitely something that needs to improve. But other than that, like you said, they haven't been too bad. Um, let's just move to the Sunday night game now. This was a huge game. Uh, lots of points on the board. The Baltimore Ravens being the Kansas City Chiefs, 36-35. to 35. They went off of uh, a fumble near the end and then a fourth down conversion. Really solid from this Ravens team. Uh, looking at the stats here, uh, Lamar Jackson threw for 239 yards and a passing touchdown. He did have two interceptions. Uh, I think most uh, both of them were pretty early in this game. He did settle down after a while. Um, on the ground, though, 16 carries, 107 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns for Lamar Jackson, so really solid. Um, Tyson Williams, 13 carries, 77 rushing yards. Then Latavius Murray had nine carries for 36 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, and then getting to receiving, uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, six catches, 113 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Mark Andrews, five catches for 57 yards. Sammy Watkins, four catches for 44 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Ravens. A big win for this team. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, Kansas City is a team that um, even when you're when you're ahead of them, there's always a chance that they can come back. But um, Baltimore was also um, able to, I guess, uh, they were able to score consistently across the entire game, which I think is uh, really helpful and. I guess this is going to be another argument for them to make that they're currently the best team in their division right now. Yeah, for sure. They did play really solid in this game. Um, the Chiefs, I mean, they were winning and then the fumble happened, obviously, or, or they were going for that, that winning drive, uh, I should say, and then it happened. Can't blame Patrick Mahomes for that, though. Uh, 343 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 13 carries for 46 yards. Obviously, it's going to be overshadowed by that fumble. Um, and then Daryl Williams, uh, he lost yardage, but somehow found the end zone. So he had one rushing touchdown in this game. Um, and then in terms of receiving, Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 109 yards and a touchdown. Byron Pringle, two catches, 63 yards and a touchdown. 
McCole Hardman, five catches for 55 yards, and Demarcus Robinson adding three catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. Tyree Kill was pretty quiet, only three catches for 14 yards. I guess Mete, uh, could Hill have played a bit better, and maybe was that the reason why they lost this game? Yeah, he definitely could have played better. I don't think he's the reason they lose. Uh, I feel like the Ravens, they just did a good job scouting him, locking him down. And yeah, I feel like the Chiefs had this game. They were up 11 in the fourth, kind of choked it away, in my opinion. But yeah, a huge uh, gutsy call by... What's his name? Why am I Harbaugh? Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. Why am I blanking right now? Um, yeah, Harbaugh gutsy call by him to go for it on fourth and one. There, they're basically if they don't convert that, they're giving the Chiefs a great field position. They're almost in field goal range, and so yeah, that was a crazy play call. And if that doesn't work out, it he could end up in like a YouTube video where it's NFL dumbest play calls or whatever, but. Yeah, uh, good for him. It worked out. And yeah, uh, Chiefs, I think they should have won this game. They kind of choked it. Yeah, I think just to correct you there, I think they interviewed Harbaugh and he said that he asked Lamar Jackson what play he wanted to run there, whether he wanted to go for it or not. So I think it was Lamar Jackson's decision at the end. And um, yeah, when a coach has that much confidence in his quarterback, it's pretty it's a pretty good thing to see. And of course, Lamar came through, which was nice also uh, for this Baltimore team. Uh, one more game to finish uh, week two, and that was the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. I mean, the Packers just set things right this week. They won 35 to 17 over the Lions. Um, let's just get to the stats from Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, 255 passing yards and four passing touchdowns back to his usual self. Um, in terms of rushing, Aaron Jones, 17 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, A.J. Dillon, five carries for 18 yards. And then through the air, Devontae Adams, eight catches, 121 yards. Robert Tanyan, three catches, 52 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones, six catches, 48 yards and three receiving touchdowns. So four in total for him, big game. And then Randall Cobb, three catches for 26 yards. Um, Matty, I'll get to you on this Green Bay team. Yeah, they look right back to normal in this game. Um, kind of. Uh, first half, they were actually losing. Uh, they were down three, and then second half, they just completely blow out the Lions. Lions don't even score a point. So, uh, I feel like they're kind of back to normal in the sense that. I don't know. I feel like they were actually better last season, especially last week was really an eye-opening performance for me where they get blown out. And due to them playing the Lions, I'm just not super confident in them right now. So we're going to have to see how they do this week. Yeah, I think you're right about them sort of settling down in the second half. I guess one thing to note, they've been without both Pro Bowl-level players in David Bakhtiari and Zadarius Smith. So, I mean, when you're, when two out of the best, like out of the five best players on your team are not playing, of course, you might feel the effects of it. I think Green Bay has been feeling that, which is why they maybe haven't played as well as we expect. Hopefully when those two come back, that this team will sort of reach their peak again. But I guess getting to the Lions, Jared Goff uh, throws for 246 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception, so not too bad for him. 
He also has four carries on the ground for 46 yards. I mean, he doesn't usually run, but he ran pretty well in this game. DeAndre Swift, eight carries, 37 yards. And then Jamal Williams, seven carries for 25 yards. Through the air, TJ Hawkinson, eight catches, 66 yards and a touchdown. Quintez Cephas, four catches, 63 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift, four catches for 41 yards. And yeah, um, getting to you, Nate, on this Lions team, they were winning after the first half and then it just sort of fell apart. What do you think about this team? Um, I mean, this is still a rebuilding team, so these things are going to happen, but um, they are, um, us, they're still like fighting hard. So it's uh, good to know that uh, they're still going to try to win even um, if uh, the other team starts to pull ahead of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, this Lions team, they definitely look like they have more identity than last season. Jared Goff hasn't been too bad as well. I know people were clowning him after the trade, but honestly, he's looked pretty solid. He just, I guess, needs whether it's better pass protection or his receivers have to be there. Whatever the case is with this Lions team, I just hasn't been there. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they can uh, play better moving forward. Um, and that's the end of the recap for week two. Um, let's get into some fantasy football pickups. Um, we'll start with running backs. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you first. Uh, who's your running back pickup for the week? Yeah, for this week, I'd go with Alexander Madison. I feel like he'll be a great pickup if Cook ends up being hurt and he's not playing. Uh, I just read a report saying he didn't practice today, so it's kind of unclear if he's going to play or not, but Zimmer is saying that uh, he's fully expecting them to play. So, yeah, it's up in the air. If he does play, it's kind of a waste of an ad, but I feel like it's worth the risk right now because in deeper leagues, it's pretty much impossible to find a starting running back on the waiver wire. So, uh, Madison, I think last season or two seasons, two seasons ago, he uh, fills in for Cook while he's hurt, and he played great. So, yeah, I believe in him. I think he can have a great, a great game if Cook isn't out there. Yeah, great point. He's even a great guy to stash because we know Cook has had an injury history. I mean, with the same hairstyle, they look like the same player out there half the time <laughs> anyways. So, I mean, yeah, he almost doesn't miss a beat when he takes over. So, yeah, definitely a solid pickup. Um, for running backs this week, I have James White. Um, in PPR leagues, he should already be owned. Um, half point PPR, he's pretty solid. He's averaging over 10 fantasy points per game. He definitely should be in a flex spot in most leagues. Uh, you should be starting this guy, even if you like if you have running back injuries, like maybe even start him at like RB2 or RB3 if you have an RB3 spot. Um, yeah, he's been really solid uh, for New England. He has a clear role. Of course, we didn't know that heading into the season with the, the running back room being full, but Bill Belichick wants to use him as the passing down back so he's going to be on the field he's getting a lot of looks mac jones we've seen he likes to do check downs definitely pick up this guy put him into your lineup he's going to be really solid and uh nate just getting to you who's your running back pickup for the week i guess uh running back pickup that i think that you can uh look at is uh Corderell, um patterson he is uh dual eligible and he had a really good week last week as well um the only thing is that um, a lot of people are taking him, so you're going to want to make sure that uh, you pick him up as fast as you can. I think even against uh, Tampa Bay, he was able to 
get 21.4 uh, fantasy points. So I'll give you half a chance. Yeah, for sure. Um, he seems to be one of those guys as well uh, that, you know, he has the defined role as sort of the passing, ca- pass catching guy. I mean, he's a wide receiver after all. After all, he's a great uh, pass catcher. So um, he has the elusiveness to play running back as well. So, I mean, if they're going to give him a clear role, even if he doesn't catch touchdowns, he seems to be getting a lot of work. So it's definitely something that you want to take a look at. And then I guess for other running backs, you can look at here um, that we didn't mention. Obviously, Tony Pollard, if he's not owned, he had a big week. Definitely look at him. Um, other guys like J.D. McKissick, um, Michael Carter is getting a bigger role and uh, Zach Moss also had a big day. So definitely some other running backs you could take a look at, uh, but let's get to wide receiver. Now, I guess Mete, uh, who do you have uh, for wide receiver pickup? I've got Quintus Cephas, Cephas from Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think he's becoming Goff's favorite target and the wide receiver one in Detroit. He saw six targets week one, seven last week, and he has a touchdown in both games so far. So I think he's a solid pickup right now. Uh, Goff and the Lions, uh, they're falling behind a lot in games and they're having to throw the ball a lot. So it definitely works out in uh, Cephas's favor. Yeah, for sure. Um, Like you mentioned, Lions are going to be passing a lot. And if he's seeing as many looks as he was getting last game, then you definitely want to have him. I guess in standard leagues, he's definitely a bench player. Deeper leagues, you definitely want to start him as like a flex option. He should be pretty solid. Um, I guess for wide receiver for me, I have Rondell Moore. Um, he's just been so solid in his rookie year. He's had uh, a nice breakout there. When Kyler Murray's been willing to throw him the ball. Uh, I mean, uh, the guy's just been putting up such solid stats. I mean, that deep, I think it was 77-yard touchdown he had this past week was sort of just the cherry on top of a, of a really great season so far. I mean, he's had 13 targets in two games. So if you're getting at least six targets on average per game, you should be in almost every fantasy lineup from flex up. So in, in standard 12-team leagues, he's at least a flex option. Deeper than that, he's like wide receiver three, wide receiver two type thing for your team. So it's definitely a must-add this week. Uh, he's definitely going to be over the 50% mark by the time uh, this week is done. So you definitely want to take a look at him. Um, but then, Nate, let me just get to you for your wide receiver pickup of the week. So I guess for wide receiver pickup, um, I have KJ Osborne for uh, Minnesota. Um, he's another player that I think he saw. I feel like his um, ownership is going to go up uh, pretty high as well and he also had a really good game last week so yeah definitely pick him up if you have the chance yeah i mean his ownership just shot up like it was under five percent rostered and then it shot up to like the 20s in in some leagues and then into the 30s in other leagues i mean he's, he's getting targets he's putting up stats i mean this guy's been solid in half point ppr he's had at least 11 fantasy points every game so he's starter worthy, in my opinion. Uh, he's at least a flex option. Definitely really solid. I guess other guys you can look at. Uh, Henry Ruggs, really solid. Darius Slayton, Hunter Renfro, we talked about last week. You definitely should have added him. Um, Emmanuel Sanders getting lots of targets. These are, I guess, just some guys that are under 50% rostered uh, coming into this week. So you definitely want to take a look at them as well. 
Um, and then just getting to quarterbacks now, uh, Metti, I'll start with you. Who's your quarterback pickup for the week? Yeah, so I have Quintez's teammate, Jared Goff. Uh, it's been solid uh, for fantasy. And like I said, the fact that he's on the Lions helps him out as they're falling down a lot and they have to throw. And yeah, I know they don't have the greatest weapons, but like I said, uh, he's already attempted 93 passes. So it's just under 50 attempts per game. So he's getting great volume and he also has some rushing upside. So that definitely helps him out as well. Yeah, for sure. Goff has been really solid. I believe he's in the top 12 quarterbacks for fantasy in terms of points so far this season. Um, my quarterback pickup for the week is also in the top 12, and that's Derek Carr. Um, you can pretty much pencil him in for at least like 24 or more points every week so far. He's just been so solid. Um, I mean, they look like they want to pass in this offense, so what's stopping him from hitting almost 400 yards every single week in his passing? He's throwing touchdowns. He's got guys like Ruggs, Waller, Renfro, and others. I mean, he's got guys to throw to, so why not take a look at him, especially if you're in a deeper league, uh, super flex or two-quarterback. Uh, most likely, if you're in a two-quarterback league, he's already owned, but maybe look at him for like standard and super flex leagues. Um, a pretty much a must add in my opinion, especially if you had uh, a Tua injury um, or another quarterback getting injured like Andy Dalton. Uh, Carr is another guy you can just look at. He should be really solid. Um, and then I guess other quarterbacks that you can look at uh, that we didn't talk about. Um, there aren't a lot of names here, but I guess just looking at the guys that are available. Um, yeah, uh, there's not a lot here. Teddy Bridgewater, we mentioned him last week. Take a look at him. Sam Darnold's been surprisingly impressive. Look at him. Um, I guess outside of that, I was going to say Tyrod Taylor, but it looks like he's not going to start this week because of injury. Um, I guess those are other quarterbacks you can look at. Um, Nate, getting to you, um, I guess just talk about tight ends. Uh, who would be your pickup for the week? Um, I've got a couple of guys that I think you could look at. Um one is Max Williams from Arizona, and the other is um, Austin Hooper. Um, I believe that uh, Max Williams was targeted seven times, and he caught the ball um, seven times as well, got 94 yards, and that gave him about 12.9 fantasy points for half PPR, so um, I feel like he might not end up get, getting like the exact same amount of receptions, but it looks like he is getting targeted a healthy amount, especially for a, a tight end. And especially considering um, Arizona's um, offense is uh, really high powered, that um, Kyler Murray seems to share the ball with um, basically any position. So um, he should get plenty um, of exposure. And I guess for uh, Austin Hooper, he's been playing uh, pretty solid for um, tight ends as well. I think last week he got um, 6.5 fantasy points. Um, his reception rate is really good as well. Um, he pretty much almost always catches the ball when you pass to him. Um, I guess his um, yardage is just kind of the only thing that's kind of holding him back. But I think for um, a tight end, um, you can still definitely take a look at him. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess some other guys you could look at. Uh, Jared Cook. I think Evan Ingram might be coming back from injury, so I guess keep an eye on him. 
Jack Doyle was pretty decent. Uh, and also you can look at Dawson Knox, I guess, in deeper leagues. Um, and I guess that's pretty much uh, what we have uh, in terms of pickups. Uh, and let's just hop right into the preview for week three. There's a lot of big games on the slate this week. I definitely want to talk about those. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you on the Thursday game. Um, Carolina versus Houston. I guess talk about the, the fantasy options for this game. All right, so I'll start with the Carolina Panthers. I think you should start Sam Darnold if you're in a deeper league and your quarterback one has a rough matchup, like James said. It's off to a pretty good start, actually. So definitely look at him if you're in a tough situation for quarterback. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, definitely all leagues. Uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and I think Carolina defense, you could start as well. They've been off to a great start and they get to play the Texans without Tyrod Taylor. So I think this is a good matchup for them. And then for Houston, I only have one guy and that's Brandon cooks. Other guys, I'm just having a tough time trusting right now, especially with uh, Tyrod going down. If Tyrod was there, I would definitely start more players, but without him, uh, Texans didn't look the greatest. So it's kind of hard to trust them right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Brandon Cooks is the most consistent player on this team. So if you have him, you're going to roll him into your lineup. But outside of that, I guess we'll avoid everyone there. I'm looking at the spread for this game. The Panthers are favored by eight points. I'll just start with you, Mete. Would you take the Panthers minus eight or do you like the Texans at plus eight? Yeah, so my prediction was Carolina by two scores and minus eight fits that. So I take Carolina minus eight. And then, uh, Nate, getting to you, um, which side would you take here? Um, I guess you could take uh, Carolina. Their defense has been really good, and their their offense is pretty good as well. And with Tyrod Taylor out, it's going to be hard to see um, how Houston generates their offense. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I know minus eight is more than one score. Um, I still think we can trust this Panthers team considering how well their defense has been playing. The offense hasn't been too shabby either. Um, the only thing that concerns me is that they haven't put up over 20 points in any of their two wins. So if the Texans somehow make this a game that could be uh, tough, that um, minus eight. But yeah, I think the Panthers are good enough to hold them off, especially with Davis Mills playing quarterback. So yeah, I like them at minus eight. Um, let's move on to the next game. Um, Baltimore against Detroit. Uh, I guess, Nate, I'll give this one to you. Uh, give us the fantasy options for this game. Uh, Baltimore has quite a bit of options that you can take a look at. Um, Lamar Jackson, starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, if you have him, you most likely drafted him at a high position, so you're going to be starting him. Uh, Tyson Williams, um, he's the starting running, uh, running back as of right now, so you can start him as well. Um, Marquise Brown, um, he normally gets a really high amount of fantasy points, but he does have um, a knee issue. So that's something to kind of, um, I guess, monitor until the game starts. Um, Sammy Watkins, he's been really good as well. And uh, Latavius Murray, you can also um, start uh, in maybe deeper leagues or if you like having wide receivers and flex positions, you could have them as well. Uh, yeah, for sure. And then for Detroit? For Detroit, 
Um, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, maybe you could have um, Jared Goff if, if you're in like a really deep league. Uh, DeAndre Swift, um, he has a groin injury, so I'm not really too sure about starting him. You might want to start Jam Jamal Williams if uh, DeAndre Swift um, is uh, unable to uh, play the full game. Um, TJ Hawkinson, I feel like he's going to be pretty good. And I guess Quintus Cephas. Yeah, we mentioned Cephas for the pickup, so he's probably startable now the way he's been playing. Uh, just getting to the spread on this game, um, the Ravens are favored by minus seven and a half. Um, I guess starting with you, Nate, uh, where would you go here? Um, would you go Ravens or would you go Lions plus seven and a half? I feel like um, this is more or less a score, but it's also like seven and a half. So there is a chance that um, it ends up just being a one score game, but I feel like um, the Ravens should be able to make this maybe a little bit over a score, like maybe a score and a field goal or something. So I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah, I think you have to take the Ravens here after how they played last week. Uh, they're going to have a lot of confidence. Uh, this Lions team, is, uh, it's just been really tough for them early on. So I think I will take the Ravens minus seven and a half. But Mete, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, seven and a half, they should definitely cover that. I mean, the Lions aren't looking too hot and they're coming off a rough week too. So Ravens. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely uh, looking really solid for the Ravens um, after last game. I'm just getting to the next game. New England Patriots against the New Orleans Saints. I'll just talk about this game. Uh, for the Patriots, uh, people I'd start in fantasy. Um, Damian Harris, uh, he's the lead back there. you got to start him. Uh, Jacoby Myers uh, is the main receiver for this team. You probably want to start him as well. I'd probably look at James White also as sort of like a flex option. He's been really solid every game. And you might want to look Nelson Aguilar's way um, as he's their main deep threat receiver. Um, I guess guys that I'd probably sit or maybe only start in deep leagues is like Mac Jones, John o. Smith, and Hunter Henry. They all haven't been uh, trustworthy yet for fantasy, so we'd probably just wait on them. Uh, and then for the Saints, my only start would be Alvin Kamara. This team needs to be more consistent in terms of offense for me to start anyone else. In deep leagues, you could start Jameis Winston. He should bounce back. Maybe Marquez Callaway, Adam Trotman, or Juwan Johnson, but definitely keep an eye on those guys. Um, for the spread for this game, uh, it looks like the Patriots are favored by two and a half points. I mean, I the Patriots are my team. I got to roll with them. They're at home, two and a half. Yeah, I, I got to take them. I, I just think that they're, they're playing well, and I think that they can win this game. Uh, Nate, getting to you, uh, do you like the Patriots minus two and a half or do you like the Saints at plus two and a half? I think two and a half is very doable for the Patriots. You basically just have to get a field goal and you win. So might as well take the Patriots. Yeah, I wasn't fully sold on the Patriots being able to dominate after week one, but after week two, I definitely feel more impressed with them. Mete, what do you think about this game? Which way is it going to go? I'm having a hard time right now. I feel like... The Patriots, uh, they've been okay. I think there's, uh, they played in two kind of low-scoring games, so I'm kind of worried. So I think I would actually go with the Saints. I think they get their coaches back, and they should have a better week. 
honestly, when you're picking two and a half, when it's less than a score, you're pretty much picking the winner of the game at that point. So um, definitely something to keep in mind when you're picking the games. All right, moving to the next game. Um, let's get to Washington against Buffalo. Um, Mete, I'll get to you for this one. I guess give us the fantasy preview for this matchup. All right, so for the football team, I'd start Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and Logan Thomas. I think Heineke might be worth a look if you have a rough uh, matchup for your quarterback and if you're in a deeper league, but I'm just scared of Buffalo's defense right now. I think they've looked great for the first two weeks, so you got to be cautious with Heineke, I think. So these three guys, they're the main guys for Washington, and that's why I'm confident in them. And for Buffalo, I'm going Josh Allen, Devin Singletary at flex, or even running back two at this point. He's playing great. And uh, Stefan Diggs, obviously. And then I think Cole Beasley. Uh, for deeper leagues, for sure. Uh, shallow leagues, maybe flex. As I feel like he's uh, Allen's, one of Allen's favorites, favorite targets. And then, yeah, that's it for the fantasy starters. All right, for sure. And uh, just getting to the spread for this game, the Bills are favored by seven and a half points. Uh, it's these spreads that are really tough. Uh, Mete, which side are you are you looking at here? Wait, sorry. What would what did you say? The Se- seven and a half for Buffalo. Ooh, I think that's a bit too high for me. So I would go Washington. I think it should be a one score game. Yeah, well, all of Washington's matchups this year have been really close. Um, they've all been within seven. So um, if you like Washington, definitely take them at plus seven and a half right now. Um, I guess, uh, Nate, uh, what about you? Do you like Washington here or do you like Buffalo to cover? I kind of uh, like Washington to cover. Uh, Buffalo should still be able to win, but we saw with um, the Steelers in week one, if you um, give Josh Allen enough pressure, you can actually slow him down a little bit. And uh, Washington definitely has a defense to try to give Josh Allen some pressure. So it should be around a one-score game. So, yeah, Washington can cover. Yeah, I believe Josh Allen has the most incomplete passes thrown this season. So he's had a really tough time completing passes. Uh, the only reason they won last week is because Miami couldn't put up any points on the board. Uh, he definitely needs to be do a better job, I guess, um, watching how he throws the football. Um, yeah, I, Buffalo should win. Uh, they're at home. I think that's probably the main reason why I would take them to win this game. But yeah, in terms of covering, I definitely like Washington also. Um, just moving to the next game, Arizona against Jacksonville. Nate, I'll get to you for the fantasy preview on this one. So for um, Arizona, um, a lot of players that you can think about starting. Um, Kyler Murray, um, you're you're going to want to start him if you have him on your roster. Uh, Chase Edmonds, um, James Conner, maybe in like deeper leagues or in a flex position. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, and uh, Max Williams. I think they should all get enough targets to um, be able to be productive in fantasy. And I think for Jacksonville, it's a little tough with um, how they've been doing. So I guess um, James Robinson and Marvin Jones Jr., I feel like they're kind of like the safest. 
And then you can maybe think about uh, Trevor Lawrence, DJ Chark. LaVisca Chanel only in deep leagues for now. And yeah. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you there. The only thing I have uh, in terms of an issue is if the Cardinals go up by a lot, they might start stop passing the ball. So I might lower some of the ceilings from their pass catchers. Honestly, in terms of this game, you got to start them all, and hopefully yours is the right one that ends up making all the catches. Hopkins probably the safest outside of that. But yeah, I definitely agree with you there. In terms of spread for this game, Cardinals are favored by seven and a half points. Uh, Nate, where are you going here? Um, I feel like um, the Cardinals should be able to beat uh, Jacksonville by at least like eight or more simply because of um, how good their offense is. And the Cardinals defense is actually pretty good. They might actually be able to slow down um, Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson. So yeah, I'll take the Cardinals. Yeah, Metti, which way are you looking here? Yeah, I definitely agree with Nathan. I think uh, Jaguars, they haven't had the greatest uh, start. So it's kind of hard to trust them right now, even though it's seven and a half. I think Cardinals should cover that. Yeah, you said pretty much what I was going to say. I just really can't trust the Jaguars right now. They're just that kind of team where I need to see it before I believe it. And I don't believe it right now. So definitely Cardinals minus seven and a half looks like the play here. Uh, moving on to the next game, a division game, Tennessee Titans against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I'll just cover the fantasy for uh, this game. Um, in terms of the Titan players you should start, um, I think you have to go back to the well with Ryan Tannehill. I know most people drafted him as their QB1. This is probably the last week I, I would go to the well with him as your starter. If he doesn't play well this week, then maybe you might want to look to make a trade for another quarterback or go to the waiver wire. Um, so definitely start him. Start Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Brown had a rough week last week, but he should bounce back. Um, Derrick Henry, that's a no-brainer. He's probably your first pick. You're starting him anyways. Big game last week as well. Uh, guys that you might want to sit or start in deeper leagues, like Chester Rogers, Anthony Ferkser, outside of that, probably don't start anyone else. Uh, and then for Indianapolis Colts, if Carson Wentz plays, you definitely want to start him. He's looked really solid so far. I know we had questions coming into week one, but he has looked like a good player. He's been putting up close to 20 points in half PPR league. So yeah, that's definitely a start for me. Um, and if he does play, you're starting Michael Pittman, who's the wide receiver one there. Um, you're starting Jonathan Taylor, and you probably want to start Nynam Hines as well. Although he had a bad week last week, he's definitely a guy that's getting a lot of looks. Um, and then in, in deep leagues or guys that maybe you wouldn't want to start, um, Jack Doyle, Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, those the targets are sort of spread around those three guys. Campbell didn't play last week, so it was a bit better for Doyle. Um, if Campbell doesn't play this week, maybe you might want to start Doyle, but I guess these guys maybe only in deeper leagues. Uh, and then in terms of uh, the, the prediction for this uh, matchup, the Titans are favored by five points. Um, if Carson Wentz plays, I'm taking the Colts. The, uh, I mean, the Colts have been in close games every week. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think they can win this game if, if Wentz plays because the Titans, their defense has been up and down, giving up over 30 points every week. So I think the only condition with me taking the Colts plus five is that Carson Wentz has to play, but... I guess, Nate, getting to you, uh, which way are you going here? Um, I feel like it's kind of like what you said. It's going to come down to offense. So 
Um, even when it comes down to offense, I feel like the Titans would be able to um, score at, a, I guess, a faster pace than the Colts can, Colts can, and maybe at like a fast enough pace that um, they might end up being like around maybe like around six or something. So I'll go with the Titans. All right, getting to you, Matthew, which side are you on here? I like what you said about uh, if Wentz plays. I totally agree with you. I think if Wentz plays, they cover this. But if he doesn't play, I don't think they have a chance. And I don't think they could keep up with the Titans offense. So basically, it's all riding on Wentz. If he plays, take Colts. If not, I take Titans. I mean, the Colts opened up as one-point favorites in this matchup, and then they uh, the line immediately shifted to the Titans being favored by five. If Wentz doesn't play, I think that line could climb even higher to maybe like eight and a half, nine, something like that. So if you like the, the Titans, best to take them now before Wentz is ruled out. And if you like the Colts, um, yeah, probably just wait a little bit uh, and see, and then maybe the line will get a bit more favorable for you. But yeah, as of right now, I guess we're we're all on different sides here. So definitely a tough game to predict for sure. Um, getting to the next game, the LA Chargers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt, I'll give that game to you. Break down the fantasy. All right. So for the Chargers, I'm starting Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. I think those four are the most trustworthy right now in, in the charge with the Chargers. And then for Kansas City, I'd go Mahomes, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I know it's off to a rough start right now, but he's got so much skill. I think he can bounce back, uh, especially with the way the Cowboys ran on the Chargers. Uh, so I think he can have a good week running the ball. Travis Kelsey, for sure. And then Tyreek Hill. He also had a rough week, but should rebound. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then um, I guess just looking at this game, um, just taking a look at the spread here, the spread right now is minus six and a half for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mete, where are you going here? Six and a half. Ooh, that's close. I feel like Kansas City wins by one score. Just depends on if they win by a touchdown or a field goal and... This is really hard. I think I'd just go with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I think they come out pissed off, uh, choking away that game. And so they should have a good week this week. All right, Nate, getting to you. Are you on uh, the Chiefs minus six and a half or do you like the Chargers at plus six and a half? Um, I want to say that the Chargers have a chance, but at the same time, the Chargers have um, had problems kind of uh, generating offense, even with how good they are on paper. And uh, Kansas City is KC Nation, so they're going to find a way to, um, pull, I guess, pull something out. So I'll go with KC. Yeah, honestly, I think I'm going to have to go on the other side here. Give me the Chargers uh, with the points, uh, plus six and a half. Uh, Kansas City, they've been winning games. They've been winning them close or they just lose outright and they can't seem to cover on a consistent basis. Chargers, um, they have two close games. One was a win, one was a loss. So if this game's close, which it should be because it's a divisional game, I think I'll be okay taking the Chargers here with the points. So 
Um, at least I can be uh, different in that sense. Um, Nate, getting to you, your Cleveland Browns are facing the Chicago Bears. I guess break down, um, I guess, the fantasy preview for that. I guess for a Cleveland side, there's quite a bit of um, players that you might want to look at. Um, some players are injured, for example, um, Jarvis Landry. Um, but there's still some other players that you can take a look at, like um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Um, I believe Odell is going to be starting. So if you have Odell, um, you can definitely um, start him for this game. Um, Anthony Schwartz, he did pretty well last week, I believe. So there's a chance that they end up giving him some targets. Um, maybe Rashard Higgins in like a deeper league, um, Austin Hooper. Um, Baker Mayfield, I feel like if you have him, um, only in like a deep, deep league. And um, if you kind of have no one else because he hasn't really um, been able to get over 20 points, but it kind of depends on your con your confidence in, in Baker Mayfield. And I guess for Chicago, um, I guess the safest um, players to start would be like maybe David Montgomery or Allen Robinson. Other than that, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, maybe... Rashad Perriman in deeper leagues. Um, Justin Fields, it's uh, really hard to predict um, how well he's going to play. So only in uh, deep leagues other than that, I wouldn't start him. Well, what about guys like Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet? Um, any interest in standard leagues or deep leagues? I guess um, maybe you you could start Darn Darnell Mooney, um, Cole Komet. It's kind of hard to say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we don't know where the targets are going. We don't know how well Justin Fields is going to throw the ball. I think you're right in saying Allen Robinson, probably the main pass catcher. Yeah, you could look at Mooney and then also Montgomery's pretty solid as well. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, Browns are at home. They're favored by seven. Nate, which way are you going here? Um, I guess I do like the Browns. So um, I will say that they're going to, uh, win. I think uh, Chicago's defense is also really good, just like Cleveland's is. So I feel like it might end up being a lower scoring game. So if that ends up being the case, then Chicago might end up covering. All right, Mete, getting to you, how do you feel about this spread? It's uh, minus seven, right? Yeah, for the Browns. Okay, so I think I'd go with the Browns. Um... Fields had a rough uh, time filling in for Dalton. So not fully confident in him yet. And yeah, that's why I'd go with the Browns. Yeah, honestly, I think this game only has like two ways it can go. Either Cleveland's just going to blow them out of the water or it's going to be a, a, a close game. You know, Fields is going to keep them in it. So I think you're safest with going with the Browns here, to be honest. Um, I don't think the Browns lose this game. If they lose it, it's going to come down to the wire, meaning if it's tied and they score a touchdown, uh, the Browns would, I guess, push on the spread um, and depending on what you take it at. But yeah, um, I, I think I would lean towards the Browns here. But it, it, like you said, it could be a lower scoring game. So you definitely want to look out for that. Um, getting to the next game, um, New York Giants against the Atlanta Falcons. Let me break this one down here for fantasy. Uh, for the Giants, it looks like Daniel Jones is playing well enough for you to potentially start him. Deep leagues is a must start. Shallow leagues, 
definitely depends on which other quarterbacks you have, but I, I've liked what he's done so far. Um, he can rush as well, which is solid. So even if his passing game isn't as strong, this will be getting a good floor of points for you. So you can definitely look at him. Um, I guess in terms of other players, Saquon Barkley, you drafted him early, so you're going to start him regardless uh, for the most part. Um, Sterling Shepard, number one receiver, you should start him. Kenny Galladay is getting the targets. Uh, he just needs that big game to break out. This could be the game against Atlanta, so you might want to start him as well. I guess for deep leagues or guys that you should probably sit, Darius Slayton, he's that deep threat target that doesn't get a lot of targets. Uh, he did find the end zone last game, but if he doesn't find the end zone, he's probably going to bust for you this week. So probably only start him in deeper leagues. And then Kyle Rudolph, you definitely don't want to start him just in case Evan Ingram comes back, he'll lose all of his uh, fantasy value. So um, yeah, probably for both tight ends, you probably want to sit them this week. I'm um, getting to the Falcons. Um, Calvin Ridley, obviously he's the, he's probably your number one receiver in fantasy. You're going to start him. Kyle Pitts, he's probably your starting tight end. They're both getting lots of targets, start both of them. And I like Cordell Patterson. I think you could probably start him as well. Um, whether you want to start my wide receiver or running back, depending on your league. Yeah, he's looked really solid so far. He's getting targets in the passing game and rush attempts. So I like that. Um, I guess for deeper leagues um, or guys you want to sit, Mike Davis, it just depends on who you have at running back, to be honest. If you have other options, probably sit him. Matt Ryan, very inconsistent to start the year. So probably only start him in deeper leagues. And then Russell Gage and Hayden Hurst are pretty much sits for me at this point. Uh, getting to the spread for this game, uh, it is minus three for the Giants. Um, I might just take the Giants at home. I like them to win. They've got shafted two games in a row. Uh, it's time for a bounce back for them, in my opinion. But I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, actually, I'm thinking uh, opposite of you. I feel like the Falcons are going to win, and having them plus is uh, huge for the spread so yeah i think i'd go falcons here actually all right nate getting to you break the tie giants minus three or falcons plus three that's actually uh really hard i feel like this is kind of like uh, a toss-up so i guess i'll go with the falcons on this yeah i guess any thoughts on I guess this Falcons team. I mean, it's going to pretty much come down to can their um, offense make up for how many points that their defense is going to uh, give up pretty much. So um, Matt Ryan is going to have to sling the ball a lot in order to, I guess, win. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely going to be a game that could go either way. Definitely want to keep an eye on that. Uh, getting to the next game, Cincinnati Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mete, break down the fantasy for that. All right, so starting with the Cincinnati Bengals, start Joe Mixon. Start Jamar Chase. Uh, he's off to a great start to his rookie campaign. T. Higgins looks like the second uh, favorite target in Cincinnati right now. And then I'd go Tyler Boyd if you're in a deeper league. He had a rough week one, but kind of rebounded week two so yeah if you're in a deeper league you could look at Boyd uh Pittsburgh Najee Harris not the greatest start for him but still you probably drafted him as a running back one or two so you kind of got to start him especially 
against Cincinnati, uh, I think it's a good matchup for him. Juju, a uh, lot of hate for him due to his TikTok antics, but he's off to a pretty good start this season. So look at Juju, Chase Claypool. Again, I think this is a good matchup for the Steelers. So that's why I'm kind of rolling out a couple of these wide receivers. Uh, Claypool, another one of those guys, he's kind of a big uh, deep ball threat. But yeah, I think he could uh, have a good game. And then Deontay Johnson looks like the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. He's seeing, I don't know how many targets, a lot of targets right now. Per game or yeah, something like that, yeah, seeing a lot. So yeah, if he's seeing double-digit targets, you definitely got to start him. And then Steelers defense, uh, one of the best defenses in the league. Against a young uh, offense, I think they can have a good day. And then any quarterbacks from either of these two teams? Uh, for Burrow, I'm just concerned. He had a rough game last week, and then like I said, Steelers defense is one of the best in the league. And then Roethlisberger, he's kind of getting up there in age. He hasn't looked like the Roethlisberger we know. So, yeah, it's kind of hard trusting him as well. Yeah, um, it might even be a lower scoring game overall, as we've seen for a lot of Pittsburgh games. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Steelers are only favored by three points over the Bengals. Uh, Mete, which way are you looking here? I think Steelers win by one score. That's my prediction. And minus three, they only have to win by uh, four or more. So I think I'd go with the Steelers here. All right, getting to you, Nate. Um, who do you like in this game? Steelers minus three or Bengals plus three? Um, I kind of uh, like Steelers minus three, mainly because uh, their defense might end up being able to slow down Cincinnati. Honestly, I think for this game, I'm going to take a look at the injury report before I pick any of these two teams. If Pittsburgh's out a lot of defensive players, again, I actually think the Bengals have a chance to win this game, uh, especially if TJ Watt and guys like Tuitt and other guys that normally put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, if they're not playing, um, that'll definitely open up a lot more looks for Joe Burrow to sort of sling the, the rock. And, you know, maybe the Bengals could win it because the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't been scoring a lot of points. They win low-scoring games. That's how they do it. They've always done it like that. Um, right now, I would say Steelers minus three, but that's just depending on the injury report that comes out. Uh, definitely want to take a look at that for sure. I'm um, getting to the next game. Nate, I'll jump to you. Miami against the Vegas Raiders. I guess break down this matchup for fantasy. So I guess for uh, my Miami, um, Tua is injured, so you're not going to want to start him. Jacoby Brissett, I'm not really uh, too sure about how well he's going to perform, so I would sit him as well. And I guess for, um, for I guess for the wide receivers, you could maybe start uh, Devontae Parker. You might end up being able to start Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller as well. And uh, Mike Gusecki, unfortunately, even though I think he is really talented and I feel like if he ended up getting more targets, he'd uh, be really good, but he hasn't really been getting uh, the targets to kind of generate the points. So I would kind of um, stay away from him for now. And for Las Vegas, um, Derek Carr has been playing really well. So if you have him, you can definitely start him. Um, Josh Jacobs, he's really good as well. 
Uh, Darren Waller, you're definitely going to want to start him as he's one of the best tight ends um, in the league right now. Um, Henry uh, Ruggs III, you can start him as well. And I guess Brian Edwards in deep picks. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is a matchup. I mean, even so far this year, the Raiders, they've been putting up good stats against every team. So this is another matchup where they could definitely do so. Um, Raiders are favored minus four in this matchup. Uh, which way are you leaning, Nate? Um, I kind of um, like the, the readers on this. Um, I feel like uh, they've been playing against really um, good teams and they've been competitive against them. So uh, they should at least be able to be more than competitive against Miami. Yeah, for sure. I think I would have maybe taken the Dolphins here, whether Tua or no Tua. But the only problem is this game's in Las Vegas and the Raiders, they just seem to play really well at home behind that that crowd in that big stadium so yeah i will take the the raiders minus four as well and then just bouncing to you mate which side would you like yeah minus four for raiders seems like free money here uh without tua i don't think the dolphins uh i don't think they're gonna have a good time against the raiders so yeah raiders yeah i think we have pretty strong consensus here in terms of this game just moving to the next game, uh, the New York Jets against the Denver Broncos. I'll break this one down for fantasy. I guess starting with the Jets, probably the only guy you could start once again is Corey Davis. Um, he didn't have a great game last week, but he sort of was shadowed by guys like J.C. Jackson and, and those Patriots corners. He does get targeted in this offense, so you you got to roll him out because he probably is going to get points. And if there's someone that's going to score a touchdown for this team, it's probably going to be him like we saw in week one. Um, outside of that, you're probably sitting or maybe starting in deep leagues, uh, Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore, Ty Johnson, Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman. Like, honestly, there's just a bunch of names here. You're probably not going to start most of these guys. Uh, then getting to Denver, this is a prime matchup for them. You're starting almost everyone. Teddy Bridgewater has been great. Both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams have been getting rushing attempts. So you want to start both of them. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant seem to be fantasy relevant, so I like them as well. Probably the only sit I'd have from this team is KJ Hamler, just because they don't feel like giving him most of the targets. So, uh, yeah, that's how I see this game for fantasy. Uh, just moving to the spread, Broncos are favored by 10. This is a lot. The The line opened at minus 5.5. They're favored by 10. This is really tough. Um, yeah, I honestly don't know uh, which way to go on this. Uh, I'm tempted to go with Denver, but that is a lot of points. Uh, they don't score a, a whole lot uh, usually. Yeah, I think I might lean towards the Broncos, but this is probably a stay away game for me for the most part. I don't know, Mete, what do you think about this? Yeah, you're definitely right. The Broncos haven't been putting up too many points. Minus 10 is a lot, so maybe jets honestly but yeah stay away uh if you can and then nate just getting to you break the tie which side would would you take here this is definitely a stay away game um either choice it feels like you're taking a little bit of risk because like pretty much anything can happen and i feel like they're anticipating kind of a 10 point lead from uh, Denver mainly because of how um, poorly the Jets have been playing and how good um, Denver's offense is. So 
I, I mean, yeah, how, I mean, how good Denver's defense is. So I guess if you like the combination of Denver's defense and um, New York struggling to kind of generate offense, maybe you can go with the Broncos. Yeah, uh, I think that play is sort of based off of last week where the Jets just struggled to get any offense going against New England. It's just interception after interception. I mean, the Broncos have guys in their secondary. Uh, Pat Sertain, they have um, Justin Simmons. Like, there, There's a whole list of guys that can get interceptions for this team. Might be a similar look, but then maybe Zach Wilson finds it in the second half and maybe they put up some points. Like, It could just go any way. Um, so yeah, I definitely uh, would recommend to stay away unless uh, there's an injury report and certain guys get ruled out and might tilt it one way or another. But I, I guess just getting to the next game, Mete, I'll get to you. Seattle against Minnesota. Break it down for fantasy. All right. So I'll start with the Seahawks. I'm going to start Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Outside of those guys... I don't have the biggest confidence in the team. And so for Minnesota, I'd go Kirk Cousins, especially if your quarterback has a rough matchup. He's off to a really good start. Dalvin Cook, if he plays, if not Alexander Madison, uh, like I said, for the pickups, he had great games filling in for Cook in prior seasons. So I've got confidence in Madison. Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson, and then K.J. Osborne. Uh, deeper leagues for sure. I think he's becoming Cousins' favorite target as he's seeing a lot of targets last two weeks. So, yeah, definitely K.J. Osborne. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just moving to the spread now, um, the Seahawks are favored by minus one and a half. Uh, which way are you looking here? One and a half, I think that's a really good value for Seattle. I feel like they should win this game, so I'm going with Seattle. Uh, Nate, what about you? Which side are you on here? Uh, this is pretty much a coin flip game. Um, I think either team could win. Um, Minnesota, they've been on a little bit of a losing streak. I feel like they have to break their streak eventually. If it's Is it going to be against the Seahawks? That's kind of a tough order, so I guess maybe I'll go with the Seahawks. This is a coin flip game. The only problem is the Vikings have been on the wrong side of the coin for the first two weeks of the season. I would lean with the Vikings, but the only thing I have to think about is Seattle's in a tough division. If they go to one and two, their chances of making the playoffs really thin out. I feel like the Seahawks know the weight of this game, so I feel like the Seahawks will pull it out minus one and a half. I like that. Um Moving to the next game, Tampa Bay against the LA Rams. Nate, I'll get to you for the fantasy breakdown. So uh, this is another, uh, I guess, another game with a lot of players that you can think about starting. Um, Tom Brady, starting quarterback for Tampa Bay, um, slings the ball, a really good pocket passer. So uh, definitely start him. Um, Leonard Fournette, it looks like he's getting most of the carries. So you can um, go ahead and start him. Um, I guess Chris Gard Godwin, Mike Evans, and uh, Rob Gronkowski, they've been getting a lot of targets. They've been getting a lot of fantasy points as well. Um, Ronald Jones, I didn't um, put him on the list, mainly because of um, the lack of uh, carries that he's been getting. It looks like Fournette's been getting the majority of the carries, and 
um, yeah, Ronald Jones hasn't been able to um, generate enough points with the carries that he's been getting. So I would sit him for this week if you have him. And I guess for the Rams, you can look at um, Matthew Stafford. He's been playing really well. Um, so you can definitely start him. Uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, Cooper, Cut Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, um, maybe, and Justin Deep Leaks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this should be a high scoring game. The Bucks are favored by one point. This is pretty much a pick em. Nate, which side of the pick em are you on? Uh, this is kind of tough. I guess I'll have to go um, with the defending champs. What about you, Mete? Which team do you like? Yeah, uh, rough one. Tough call, but it's hard to pick against the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, I'd probably be leaning the same way. It just looks like a game that, I mean, uh, we know that Brady's going to New England the week after, so he definitely wants to show up with that 3-0 and record. And he looks unbelievable. Five passing touchdowns in his last game. So, yeah, I would lean with the Buccaneers. Uh, moving to Sunday night, uh, Green Bay against San Francisco. I'll break down the fantasy for this. I think for Green Bay, you got to roll out Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Robert Tanyan. Those are three. Those are four guys that are must-starts. Then I guess guys you could sit or in deeper leagues, A.J. Dillon, Randall Cobb, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, you might not want to start them outside of deep leagues. Then for the 49ers, the safe guys are George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and then their running back carousel is interesting because they all have injuries, but whichever one gets the start between Jamichael Hasty, Trey Sermon, and Eli Mitchell, you got to roll them out. Uh, they can definitely run on this Green Bay uh, uh, pass defense, or sorry, rush defense that hasn't been really good. Um, and then guys, you should probably sit or only start in deep leagues, Jimmy Garoppolo. And until Brandon Ayuk proves something, you definitely got to sit him for now. Um, getting to this game in terms of picks, uh, looking at the spread, the 49ers are favored by three and a half. Um, I feel like this is a coin flip game. So I'll take Green Bay, I guess, plus three and a half, you know, get the plus points on this one. Um, it's so that even if the 49ers do win, uh, there's a chance that Green Bay covers. But I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess you could go with Green Bay, even though San Francisco, San Francisco has really good defense. Um, Aaron Rodgers. He's been around the block. He's one of the best quarterbacks um, in the league. So he's going to find a way to do something against San Francisco. All right, Mete, getting to you, which side do you like? Yeah, I think I'd go with the Packers as well. Um, it's just a really good defense against a really good offense. And so, yeah, it's going to come down to that. But since the Packers are plus, I like that. I feel like they should win this game. So I'd go with them. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Plus points is good in this game since it's going to be a toss-up, so we definitely like that. And then getting to the Monday night game, Ete, it's the your Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. Break down this game for fantasy. Okay, so for the Cowboys, I'm starting Dak, uh, going Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper if he plays. Right now, his status is up in the air. Tony, uh, Tony Pollard, I think. Could be a good flex option in deeper leagues. Uh, he showed what he could do last week. And then Cowboys defense, I think, could also be a play here. Uh, they lead the league right now in takeaways with six. And like I said, they give up a lot of yards, but 
they're making plays and big plays when they have to. So it's really encouraging to see that. And then for Philadelphia, uh, kind of hard trusting them right now. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, you could start. And then Dallas Goddard. Outside of those three guys, I don't have the most confidence in the Eagles offense right now. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, we definitely have to see more from them before we can trust them. Uh, getting to the spread, the Cowboys are favored by three and a half points. I assume you're going to be rolling with the Cowboys. Yeah, I would take that. I think it should be a one-score game. And for them to win by six or seven, they would cover. So, yeah, I'd roll with that. Yeah, normally I would play the Eagles here, it being a divisional game, plus three and a half. But the Cowboys are at home. I definitely think that they can take this by at least a touchdown. So I do like Dallas. Um, Nate, which way are you leaning? Um, I guess you could lean with um, a Dallas Cowboys, especially if um, uh, Dak Prescott ends up playing like it's the fourth quarter the whole game. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has to do that. But yeah, I, I definitely see a, a path for Dallas to win this game. And yeah, um, that's pretty much the preview for week three. Definitely a lot of exciting games uh, on the board, uh, all three of our teams bounced back this week, uh, got wins. So our, our three teams, uh, the Browns, the Cowboys, and the Patriots are all one and one So that's pretty exciting. And yeah, that's pretty much the end of this uh, Fanatics football episode. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been posting picks. Uh, we had a pretty good run this past week. So definitely you want to get our picks for sure. Uh, check out this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Hit the bell for notifications on YouTube. Leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, I'm looking forward to week three. This football season has been great so far. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.